is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Tuesday, the second day of January 2024, and this is Squirrel Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the audio podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Mm. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. Well, good morning. Hope you had a wonderful day off yesterday, if uh, indeed you had the first of the year off. Um, I actually didn't watch any football. <laughs> um, we don't have cable. And uh, so for college football, I generally rely on ESPN+, Plus, but because everything was nationally televised, if you don't have a cable provider, you can't sign in to watch a particular game. So I didn't watch any of the football yesterday. I've seen some stuff on Twitter that I missed some great games, but I don't know. Maybe I can watch the replays if I got time. I don't have time for that. Um, so uh, Mrs. Squirrel and I watched some TV Played some video games, went and visited her mom, just kind of chilled out. Uh, we, uh, we we ate leftovers for lunch and then uh, just deli sandwiches from the Walmart deli for dinner that we had picked up Sunday after church because we knew we weren't going to want to want to cook. So just some some relaxing time yesterday. It was nice. Um, didn't even do any show prep for today. Um, this morning after I got out of the shower, I quickly read through the uh, the study Bible for today's section of Scripture for our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy, just to try to get myself up to speed. I normally do a little bit more prep than that. Oh, I'm not wearing my wedding ring. It's here in the drawer. Just have to pull it out and put it on. It's a it's a heavy ring. I don't wear it much because it bugs me when I'm typing. So it's usually here in the drawer or it's right at the base of my monitor. Um, and sometimes I remember to put it on when I leave the house. Sometimes I don't. That's just uh, just the, the, the way it is. Um, it's a nice heavy ring. I like it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, is uh, it bugs me when I'm typing, so I just don't wear it all that much. And so I don't wear it around the house. And uh, sometimes I remember to put it on when I leave the house. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> so that's just the way of it. I also have a silicon ring that I wear quite often to 
because it's lightweight. I can wear it all the time, but uh, be that as it may. All right, what do we got coming up today? We have our scripture reading. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ, and our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy continues. We are in chapter 22 today, looking at verses 1 through 12. Getting into some interesting stuff. We've got a lot to talk about here in this section, especially when we get next, tomorrow, when we get to verse 13 and following. There's some stuff I want to say about some of that stuff. Not that I don't have some stuff to say about what we're going to talk about today, but tomorrow there's some... Tomorrow's going to be a hot one, just so you know. All right, let us begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices... Excuse me the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve you with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scripture to be written for our learning, Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, and now Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, O Lord Yahweh, what will you give me as I, as I go on being childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Since you have given no seed to me, behold, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, This one will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and number the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your seed be. Then he believed in Yahweh, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am Yahweh, who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess it. And he said, O Lord Yahweh, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, and a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and split them into parts, down the middle, and laid each part opposite the other, but he did not split apart the birds. 
Then the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. Now it happened that when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. Then God said to Abram, Know for certainty that your seed will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be enslaved and mistreated four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation to whom they are enslaved, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Now it happened that the sun had set, and it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed between these pieces. On that day Yahweh cut a covenant with Abram, saying, To your seed I have given this land, from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenite and the Kenizzite and the Kadmonite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Rephaim and the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Girgashite and the Jebusite. Now Psalm 15. A Psalm of David. O Yahweh, who may sojourn in your tent, who may dwell on your holy mountain? He who walks blamelessly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear Yahweh. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Today's devotional is Jesus on Wealth. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew six nineteen through 21 Dr. MacArthur writes, The focus of Jesus' teaching here is this, do not lay up treasures for yourself. The Greek word for lay up connotes the idea of stockpiling or hoarding. It pictures wealth that isn't being used, things kept mainly to show off one's plenty. Be sure of this, though. Jesus is not advocating poverty as a means of spirituality. Both the Old and New Testament recognizes the right to material possessions, including money, land, animals, houses, clothing, and anything else acquired honestly. In fact, the foundational truth underlying the commandment not to steal or covet is the right of possessing personal property. God expects and commands his people to be generous. But he also expects and commands that we not only be thankful for the blessings he gives us, but also derive pleasure from them, including the material blessings. The Lord richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, 1 Timothy 6.17. This verse is specifically directed to those who are rich in this present world, yet it does not command them to divest themselves of their wealth. Rather, it warns them not to be conceited about it or to trust in it. It's how we use our possessions for kingdom purposes that counts. Ask yourself, 
How would you define your general attitudes towards money? What is its purpose in the believer's life? How are we supposed to handle it? What are some of the greatest abuses or misunderstandings of money that have plagued your life or distorted your freedom with it? Good word today on money and wealth. And that brings us to our study, Bible Level Bible Study. As I said, we're in Deuteronomy 22 today, verses 1 through 12. I will read them, and then we will discuss them. Deuteronomy 22. You shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep straying away and ignore them. You shall certainly bring them back to your brother. And if your brother is not near you, or if you do not know him, then you shall bring it home to your house, and it shall be with you until your brother searches for it. Then you shall give it back to him. Thus you shall do with his donkey, and you shall do likewise with his garment. And you shall do likewise with anything lost by your brother, which he has lost and you have found. You are not allowed to ignore them. You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down in the way and ignore them. You shall certainly help him to raise them up. A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing, for whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh your God. If you happen to come upon a bird's nest along the way, in any tree or on the ground, with young ones or eggs, and the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall certainly let the mother go, but the young you may take for yourself, in order that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days. When you build a new house, you shall make a parapet for your roof, so that you will not bring blood guilt on your house if anyone falls from it. You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest all the produce of the seed which you have sown and the increase of the vineyard become defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a material mixed of wool and flax together. You shall make yourselves tassels on the four corners of your garment with which you cover yourself. A lot here, the, the, the little section heading in the LSB says various statutes. And the truth is that all of these statutes... Um, well, the first part, you know, has to do with being a good neighbor. The second part, the the is is all about purity, mainly ritual purity, but purity as a symbol for spiritual purity. It's also setting Israel apart from the nations around it. Excuse me, just a moment. I will be. Of course there's bad churches. Um, Then go find a good one. And if you have to drive to get to it, then it's worth the drive, I would say. You know? So get in your car and go. I mean, how bad do you want it? I mean, how important is the truth to you? And we're back. All right, looking at this section. The first section is, you know, you're not to see your brother's ox or sheep straying away and ignore them. You shall certainly bring them back to your brother. Cain asked that question in in Genesis 4 about, am I my brother's keeper after he had murdered Seth? Now, 
Obviously, he was uh, hoping God hadn't seen him kill his brother, <laughs> which was a, uh, a futile hope, um, uh, without a doubt. But the question that he raised, the answer is yes. Now, we are not to micromanage the people around us. We are responsible for ourselves, not for others. But when we see someone suffering loss in some way, and we are able to assist, God expects us to. Now, the case here is a a neighbor's livestock has wandered off. Your responsibility, then, is to rescue and return your neighbor's livestock. Don't ignore it. This is, you know, and and remember, this is a day when when an ox or a, a sheep was a very, was, that was wealth. Livestock and agricultural produce was how wealth was measured. So, you know, don't, don't take advantage of the wandering sheep that belongs to your neighbor by shoving it into your own herd. Or don't, don't take his ox. You know, this isn't somebody who goes out and steals a neighbor's sheep or ox. This is someone who observes a neighbor's sheep or ox wandering loose. You know it's not yours, right? So you have a responsibility to take it back to your, to your, to your neighbor, to your brother, to your fellow Israelite in this case. But don't, you know, don't limit this just to fellow Christians or something like that. You know, my neighbor's not a Christian, so I can keep his ox because it wandered off. No. Remember everything Jesus said about loving your neighbor. Um, you, you are to love your neighbor. Um, and folks, we have a big neighborhood. It's this planet. Indeed, it extends beyond this planet because there are six or eight people in orbit right now. They too are our neighbors. And we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. If your ox wandered off, you'd want somebody to return it. Now, it continues here, and it says, If your brother is not near you, or if you do not know him, then you shall bring it home to your house, and it shall be with you until your brother searches for it. Then you shall give it back to him. So you don't know whose ox it is. Keep it safe until somebody comes looking for it. That's just... That's just neighborliness, but it's godly neighborliness. This is what is expected. Remember, we just read about wealth and, and, you know, thou shalt not steal has as its underlying philosophy the right to public property, or right to private property, excuse me. You have stuff that is yours that doesn't belong to anybody else, and there is stuff that belongs to somebody else that isn't yours. So in this case, you're not to appropriate your neighbor's ox, but you are to care for it until he comes looking for it if you don't know whose it is. So, you know, this is where, hey, I found a dog up 
you know, up this, I was on a hike and I found a dog wandering loose. Post a post on Facebook, is this your dog? And take care of the dog until the person claims it. Now, after a reasonable time, if it doesn't get claimed, guess what? It's your dog. Um, but it's it's important that you care for your neighbor's property because you know it's not yours. And uh, says so, so uh, if your brother is not know, near you, you do not know him. You shall bring it into your home, and it shall be with you until he searches for it. Then you shall give it back to him. Thus you shall do with his donkey, and you shall do likewise with his garment, and you shall do likewise with anything lost by your brother, which he has lost and you have found. You are not allowed to ignore them. So this is so important. Um, and, 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 and it goes even further in verse 4. It says, you shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down on the way and ignore them. You shall certainly help him to raise them up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing if you're driving past a car on the side of the road with a flat tire and you see the owner of the car has everything well in hand, they're, they're busy changing the tire, they don't look like any, they need any help and you continue on. That's fine. But if you're going down the road and you see a car on the side of the road with a flat tire and it's a mother with small children and there's nobody there to help her, stop and change the tire. How hard is that? Right? Um, I mean, we, we drive 60 miles back and forth, and, you know, more than once I've stopped and changed the tire just because somebody looked like they were struggling. And, you know, that's important. It's neighborliness. It's what God expects of us. Don't ignore them. Now, this was a case, you know, somebody whose ox or donkey had fallen down, you know, for some some reason. This was, you know, the modern equivalent would be a breakdown on the side of the road. You know, and, and there are, if you're able to stop and help, do so. Don't ignore it. Then the next section here in verse 5, we're, we're getting into this, this purity section here. It says, A woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh your God. Take this to heart. This is so ignored in our current society right now. Um, this whole transvestite, transgenderism thing is an abomination to God. Now, this is not, you know, don't get caught up. You know, this isn't a woman wearing trousers or a man wearing a kilt. This is dressing as the opposite sex. This is the female impersonation thing. Um, this is, you know, women pretending to be men and men pretending to be women. It's not the... You know, at the time this was written, 
both men and women wore skirt-like apparel. So it's not talking about trousers. Indeed, apparently, trousers, you know, pants, whatever you want to call them, were first worn by women in China, not by men. So you can take that however you like. You know, what would, that was originally a, a woman's thing. Who knew, right? So this isn't, you know, women have to wear skirts and men have to wear pants. And, you know, it, it's, that's not it. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with a guy wearing a kilt. Um, they're, they're not as popular right now, but a few years ago, the, the, the modern practical kilt was, was a very popular item. And I never got one, but I wanted one. They just looked comfortable. Um, you know, kind of a replacement to hiking shorts and such. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about masquerading as the opposite sex. It's not acceptable. Whoever does this, whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh or God. Um, this is the same word that's used in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20 to describe God's view of homosexuality. It's an abomination. Um, there is a creation order. You know, God made things, and we are to maintain the distinctions that he established at creation. Male and female made he them, right? Genesis one twenty seven. Next passage. If you happen to come upon a bird's nest along the way, in any tree or on the ground, with young ones or eggs, and the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall certainly let the mother go, but the young you may take for yourself, in order that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days. This law is only found here. In the Old Testament, this is the only passage that mentions this in the entire Pentateuch. And it just shows that this is caring for the long-term provision that God has established for his people. You can take the young, because the mother can have more young. But don't take the mother and the young, because then you have no other generation. So this is assuming, then, that these were... These were um, these would have been young that were not able to care for themselves. Um, but this was, you know, you could you could acquire food, yet leave intact the source for future food. Very important. Um, verse 8 talks about building a parapet around your house. This is an important provision for taking steps to keep people safe. Listen to this. When you build a new house, you shall make a parapet or a railing around the roof so that you will not bring blood guilt on your house if anyone falls from it. So if if you had, you know, a, a, a high deck, and in this case, you know, roofs were used as outdoor living areas, 
if you, you know, today you could have a back porch that's quite a ways off the ground. If there's no railing around it and somebody fell, you bear responsibility for that. So building a railing around it to prevent injury or death by falling is is loving your neighbor. Um, you're looking out for your neighbor. It also, you know, because it's your house and you did not take a reasonable step to keep people safe, it would be your responsibility, partially anyway, for the injury that they had incurred. Um, so another important thing, another part of loving your neighbor. Now, verse 9. You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest all the produce of the seed which you have sown and the increase of the vineyard become defiled. You shall not plow with an ox or a donkey together. You shall not wear a material mixed of wool and flax together. Now, this is often ridiculed, you know, by uh, people that will, you know, when, when you, you assert part of the moral law, you know, God God views homosexuality and transvestitism as abominations. The people will always come back, oh, really? Do you eat shellfish? Do you wear blended fabrics? Because they're equating the two laws. And here, I mean, here we find, you know, the, the provision against transvestitism is just, you know, five verses in front of don't wear mixed clothing, uh, clothing mixed fabric of mixed textiles however you want to phrase it wool and flax mixed together you you weren't supposed to do that so the the first thing about types of seed um i think this was you know it served two purposes keeping the 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 crop um, healthy, but also you know if you have two types of seed growing up together, and this is not a case of cross pollination. This is a case of you have wheat and barley in the same field. You'll never have you know a, a wheat or a barley flower. It'll be it'll be completely impossible to separate the grains. And to keep the grains separate while they're growing keeps them separate while you're processing them, which allows you better control over whatever you're making with it. So having two types of seed in the same field serves no purpose. It, it, it makes it difficult to harvest. But it's also a picture of purity. Don't, don't mix two kinds that don't go together. Um... And you can think about that, you know, the, the same law has provisions against, you know, don't, um, don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, don't, the, the, the Israelites were not to marry non-Israelites. Um, specifically, Israelites were not to marry non-Israelites who didn't worship Yahweh. Uh, godly and pagan were not to mix. This is important. 
This is real important. And I think we've all known young couples, you know, I, I, I think, I, I want to say young women especially, but young men too, where a, a Christian young person meets a fabulous boy or girl who isn't a Christian. And it leads to trouble down the road. The Bible says don't do it. You know, do not be unequally yoked. It's referring also to like business partnerships. You know, that, that you know, don't be unequally yoked. Don't join together with someone who has radically different values from you and radically different beliefs from you because it will lead to problems. Um, now I've heard that there, there, there's always people, well, this couple, they're doing great. And, you know, he's, he's a Christian and, and she's Jewish. Neither one of them are practicing their professed faith. <laughs> they're secularists. They're pagans living together. Um, but when, when you have someone who is committed to the faith, married to someone who isn't, you know, then you're going to end up with problems. It happens every time. So this is, this is again, looking at purity. Now, when we get to the ox and the donkey in verse 10, you're looking at a clean and an unclean animal. The, the ox was a clean animal. Donkeys were considered an unclean animal. This is a ceremonial thing. We know from Jesus' words in the gospel that all food is clean. We know from, from Acts that, you know, the dietary laws no longer apply. That these, these are ceremonial laws intended for the nation of Egypt, or nation of Egypt, nation of Israel back then. Remember, where and when and to whom God gives a command often implicates where and when and by whom that command is to be obeyed. Some commands are for everybody everywhere. Some commands are for a specific people at a specific place and time. Um, marching around Jericho, for example. That's a commandment in the Bible, right? March around Jericho once a day for seven days, and or once a day for six days and seven times on the seventh day. That's a commandment in the Bible, but it's not a commandment for us. It was a commandment for them then, not us now. And that's the same way with the clean and unclean animals, which is why it's perfectly fine to eat shrimp and lobster if, if you like it. I like shrimp and lobster. Mrs. Squirrel does not. So she is not required to eat it, and I am not forbidden from eating it. But here... These two different animals were not to be yoked together. Now, on a practical matter, an ox and a donkey are not going to plow a straight line. They're, they're, but this is a picture. This is a picture. Now, it's a practical matter. You know, God is making an agricultural provision here. If you want straight rows in your field, you know, don't hook these two animals together. But it's also a picture, just as the seed is a picture, of certain things don't mix. The godly and the ungodly should not 
intentionally mix. And that's an important point, intentionally. Um, you can't know another's heart. You know, um, Somebody could fool you into thinking they're truly a Christian, and so you treat them as a Christian, and it turns out maybe even not until the judgment that they weren't. Um, that's not on you. But don't knowingly <laughs> mix godly and pagan. Very important. And the same thing with the, with the linen and the wool. Um, the, the, they weren't to be woven together. This is part of the, the ceremonial cleanliness, the ceremonial holiness that Israel was to observe. Israel was to be separate from the other nations. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of these provisions were so that Israel was made to be different by God intentionally to attract attention. So that people would say, why do you do that this way? Why can't you wear blended fabrics? Why, why do you do that? Why can't you eat certain foods? Why do your foods have to be prepared in a certain way? Why do you observe the holidays you observe it? Why are you like this? So that Israel could then say, God. Uh, it, this was intentional on God's part. And part of that was not wearing cloth woven of two different fabrics. And the, the, the thing is that this was part of the ceremonial holiness that was required of the nation. Um, so it was a picture. Like all of these things are pictures of the separation that's required of God's people. That picture, that picture of separation is still applicable today but the the actual you know I, this t-shirt's cotton poly okay and i'm not at all worried that i'm going to be struck by lightning finally verse 12 you shall make yourself tassels on the four corners of your garment with which you shall cover yourself the tassels and i have to go back to numbers to figure out what the tassels were the, the Israelites were to make tassels and attach them to their garments for a purpose. And if you go back, there's four corners, so you're, you're looking at a, a, you know, a square garment that would have a tassel at each corner. Um, and and it, this was, you know, we've all seen those, those blue and white um, Jewish shawls with the tassel at the four corner, and there's a word for it, and I can't remember the name of them. But anyway, what was the purpose of that? Numbers 15, verses 39 and 40 say, And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of Yahweh, so as to do them and not follow after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you played the harlot, so that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. The purpose of the tassels was to constantly remind the people 
to obey God. And there was a description of the tassels with a blue thread and all this, that, and the other thing. And there's all sorts of symbolism involving the, the priestly garments and the tabernacle that can be derived from that. But the purpose was to remind them of the commandments. You wear these tassels because God told you to, and you wear these tassels because when you see them, it reminds you to obey God. So it was, it was, you know, this is the... You ever tie a string around your finger to remind you to do something? Um, I, I have, and then I forget what the string was there for. But, I mean, there's a having something to remind you is is often important. And so this was the purpose of the tassels, to remind you to obey God and to follow his commandments. Very important stuff. So they they all of these verses go together. They're not just a random collection of things, but they go together in such a way to to remind the people that the godly and the pagan are not to be mixed that God expects obedience of his people. God expects charity of his people. God expects neighborliness of his people. So all of this, you know, they seem to be random. They're not. And uh, we will continue with our look at Deuteronomy 22 tomorrow. Now let's recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the collect for the first Sunday of Christmas. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light kindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Prayer for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the prayer for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Tuesday. Hope you have a great day ahead of you. Remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.